You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. I'm Kayla. That was very enthusiastic. <laughs> it was. Because, you know what? <laughs> Seamless segue into my announcement, which is that we're getting very close to the end of the series. There are two ep- two episodes left, plus a finale that we're planning to do, just like we how we had a mid-series special. Hold on, let me just fact check myself. <laughs> One second. <laughs> <laughs> I changed the schedule a lot after uh, we started isolating. That's why there's so many like things where we're like, now we do four chapters because there's time. Although Kayla knows that I'm still <laughs> late every time, so it's fine. But yeah. yeah, there's two there's two episodes and then a finale. <laughs> so my announcement is that we will take questions just like we did for the mid-series special. So if you've been patiently waiting, you missed, you weren't listening when the mid-series special came out, but you listened to it and then you patiently waited and waited and you're like, I have a question now is the time <laughs> so we have like i said we have two episodes left that'll come out after this we'll be recording our final the finale during the week of like in, in the middle of july it's the week of july 13th also according to my notes so if you want to send us a question we we answered in the mid-series special if you didn't listen to it was answered questions about the series um we answered questions about the series so far but now it'll be the end so we can say whatever we want there'll be no mm-hmm. more spoilers and we answered some questions about the anime adaptation so far, or like versus like the 2001. We answered questions about us and also about podcasting. So if you have anything, any questions at all, we will consider them for being answered. We, I think we answered all the questions last time. None of them were, none of them were crazy. Yeah. Please interrogate us again. Yeah, it was so much fun. Actually, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So yeah, please do, and we'll do a discussion of the episode of the series at large. Um, I'll do a super fast summary like I did last time, except now it'll be twice as much content in the same amount of time i guess <laughs> it'll be a good time just string all your summaries together but play it at like 100 times speed <laughs> of every like, single that's episode our, that's our series yes did you enjoy farupa <laughs> <laughs> so some of the summaries must be very long they're like 20 or 30 minutes each like basically half of this these episodes are just me rereading farupa to everyone so <laughs> especially this one because there's like an actual old time like a yeah. Folk, a fairy tale Actual story, story time with Ellen. <laughs> and I started to write it out and I was like this I just I, there's no point in describing it because like the dialogue describes what's happening like in a yeah. story it's a fairy tale story so <laughs> anyway so yeah I'll be reading the zodiac story later to everyone I hope everyone's ready get yourself some like warm milk and tuck yourself into bed yes. <laughs> we're having a bedtime story <laughs> this time I was gonna make that same joke <laughs> really really <laughs> yeah I was gonna say like tuck yourselves in <laughs> <laughs> what the hell <laughs> every once in a while the stars align and we make exactly the same joke at the same time <laughs> so <laughs> yeah anyway so so please send us your questions it was really fun last time um questions comments yeah concerns yeah, but can... we can't really do anything about it since it's the end it'll be the last episode <laughs> burning things that you just absolutely hated that you want us to know about yeah You're like, and one more thing yeah and by the way i hated it how you <laughs> how you voice acted ritsu screaming <laughs> yeah too many ayame quotes <laughs> not enough screaming <laughs> yeah it's like seven out of ten not enough screaming i i hated how your recording quality was terrible for the first 15 episodes and then moderately improved for the last like whatever 50 <laughs> I don't know how many people have listened to every single episode, but I went back and listened to the first one because I wanted to, in preparation for the 
for the end because we had set out some things that we wanted to like understand better which i'm planning to ask you about so be prepared but i listened to them <laughs> again and i was like how did anyone ever listen to this like what the hell what were we doing <laughs> who am i anyway <laughs> i've heard worse <laughs> yeah well, that's good. In the podcast realm, so. <laughs> the thing that bothered me most was, like, I feel like these summaries now are very buttoned down. And the first one was, like, uh, and then she goes here, uh, and then there's a tent, uh, and then Sugar Ray says <laughs> this. And, like, that's literally what it was like. And I was like, I am dying. I can't listen to myself yeah. and talk like this. <laughs> so, even though they're long. There's, a, there's an art there's to, a... there's an art to summarizing. <laughs> For sure. I learned it the hard way very slowly and i don't think yeah. i don't know if these are actually summaries but yeah anyway like, uh, recaps <laughs> recap there is and i think that anyway yeah for sure personally i like recaps better yeah. than some like a two-line description and then you're like summary's wait too short yeah like my summary I don't remember what that, happened <laughs> that's why that's why i make these super long because like i'm the kind of person who would listen to this and be like i'm not reading that i know what happens but there's so many yeah. like intricate things that happen in this series that i'm like no i have to say this because i want the people to know i want you to hear right before mm -hmm. we talk about it yeah so yeah anyway but mm -hmm. so i also prefer that that's why they're long anyway but if you hated it you can let us know in your questions that you send for the yes. thing oh i think i didn't the first time i don't remember if i said where we were actually collecting them because i remember getting like an email or two that were like i don't know if this is the right place to send this so you can send us an email to stay together podcast at gmail.com you can send an ask on tumblr which i do check regularly we haven't gotten any asks in a long time though uh we also have twitter and our handle is at stay together pod you can send a direct message um trying to think of what else do we have oh there's a form on our website so at stay together podcast.com there's a form you can use that to submit um, carrier pigeon, etc. <laughs> I was gonna say that too. Damn it, carrier pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop making joke. I'll say one less sentence, then you can make the joke that I'm gonna make. How does that sound? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. So we're doing that. I just want everybody to have a heads up, so you have time to ruminate it's like on actually your questions. We don't accept. It's like actually we don't accept carrier pigeon. We have trained hawks to kill them out in the sky. <laughs> just like the they Nazis. could be spies. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> For every espionage attempt, you have to have counter-espionage. Everybody knows that. That's just the basics <laughs> yes. of spying. <laughs> spying arms war. Yeah. Pigeon arms war. Spying, like, wings war, I guess. <laughs> it's a, not an arms race. It's a wings race. <laughs> Wait, you're not going to make that joke? <laughs> you're like, I would never. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's do this. It's a long summary, and there's a bedtime story at the end, so... I hope everybody's ready. Yay. Yay. Chapter 128 opens at the main house. Cochrane was his Kisa standing outside of Akito's, like, part of the house that she lives in. It says, like, Akito's mansion. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know if they're individual Akito's houses. chambers. Yeah, Akito's <laughs> apartment. Akito's lair. Akito's lair, for sure. Akito's lair. <laughs> Kisa says that she's there for moral support. Inside, Hiro talks to Akito. She says that he's tactless and has no judgment but keeps pushing to get what he wants. Still, she says, I never dislike that about you. At school, Yuki, Haru, and Kyo talk. Akito has called a meeting, including Kyo, at the main house next week. They wonder what it'll be about. Haru says that Akito is different now. He's been fighting stuff. The, the inside people look confused, too. It's kind of vindicating, he finishes, and Yuki chuckles. Yeah, kind of, he says. Yuki wonders if Akito is fighting things alone. Haru asks how Shigure is. Yuki says that he's been out a lot lately. Yuki's like, ah? Kyo's like, ah? And Haru's like, uh, 
<laughs> Kyori's like, what? And Yuki's like, I mean, oh, right, I forgot. Hearing the stupid voice of an idiot reminded me. And Kyori's like, you're really not holding back these days, huh? Yuki says that they say teasing is a sign of affection, then finally spills the beans that Toru's getting out of the hospital tomorrow. You only remembered that now? Kyo shouts and bolts. And Yuki's like, so sorry. Haru tells Yuki that he heard the cat room was going to be destroyed. I wonder if that means he'll be a little free if he can be with Honda-san. Yuki smiles. Kyo runs straight to Hana and Uo, and still panting, he shouts, So it's okay, right? For me to go pick her up? And they're like, The prince told you already? That's no fun. It's fine, but you can't get upset if she runs away. I mean, she does think that you dumped her and all. Kyo promises to make an effort, and they're like, Do it now. And they try to get him to pick out some clothes for her as a gift. And then they're like, Maybe we shouldn't do this. She might not wear it if she knows that you picked it out. I mean, she thinks that you dumped her. I love how the dialogue boxes are, like, pushing against his face. Yes. It's him. It's so good. I just wrote, bless these panels in my <laughs> notes. They're so wonderful. Anyway, meanwhile, in the student council room, Yuki thinks that he's jealous of Kyo and Toru. Machi hands him some paperwork, and he comments that she finished it quickly. With a blush and a shy smile, she says that she worked a little harder on it than usual. Yuki looks at his hand. Hanasa knows that Kyo's not a normal person, and has for a while, but in my case... He grabs Machi's arm. She turns back with a wide-eyed expression. Yuki says with intensity, Machi, if... if... Has anyone seen Kimi's brush? Kimi says, opening the door and interrupting. And Kakaru <laughs> follows her into the room. No one has seen it. Machi turns away, blushing, embarrassed. Yuki looks dismayed. I have to tell her. If I want to stay with her, then I have to tell her the one thing she may or may not accept. At the main house, Akito looks out the window and Shigure reads. They talk. Shigure asks if she's planning to hold a banquet. I'm going to end it, Akito says, and she thinks of Momiji Kureno and Hiro's curse is being broken. As long as you're satisfied, that's what's most important, Shigure says. You're relieved like the rest of them, aren't you? Akito asks. You'll be released from me. You can leave and go wherever you please. If it means I'll be free from your bad behavior, then I will be relieved, Shigure says, putting down his book. And Akito says that she's had it with everyone looking down on her. I'm not looking down on you, he says, coming closer and putting a bag on the windowsill beside her. I'm teasing you. Don't get those things confused. Akito's about to protest, but he cuts her off. A gift. I guess you can call it a farewell present. She eyes him suspiciously, and he smiles a soft smile. She looks like she's touched. The next day, the bundle of nerves, otherwise known as Kyo, makes his way to the hospital, wishing that Yuki hadn't seen him so flustered earlier. And we see breakfast time earlier. Yuki's like, hey. I said, hey. And Kyo's like, bah! And drops his toast. <laughs> Yuki says that he should be leaving soon and Kyo asks if Yuki will be coming as well he says that he wouldn't want to get in the way of their long awaited reunion and he has other plans don't screw this up just be your stupid normal self he says and Kyo is like whatever you say <laughs> on his way to the hospital in the present he thinks right be normal what was it like how did I used to talk to her for some reason I don't know anymore and will she still accept me so much happened and she thinks that I dumped her he grimaces and what about me do I still like her what do I like about her and what do I like about that? And how much do I like it? He arrives at the front of the hospital and sees Uo and Hana, and they gesture for Toru to come closer, and then point to Kyo. Kyo and Toru see each other for the first time since the accident. Toru's in her new outfit and fancy shoes, and she blushes. Oh, he thinks, completely taken aback. Man, none of that matters at all. I love her. I love her so much I could die. Toru he says, and tears well in her eyes. She flings the discharge papers in the air and bolts. <laughs> Kyo, Hana, and Uo are shocked. Kyo drops to his knees like, did she run away? <laughs> and Uo's like, I guess all he can do is laugh. And Hana's like, can I laugh as well? Damn it, I'm faster than she is, he says, and takes off determinedly. Hana and Uo smile. I won't let her get away this time, he thinks. At Shigeru's house, Yuki looks out the window. He calls Machi and apologizes for calling her suddenly. He asks if they can meet. There's something I really want you to hear, he says. 
Back on the streets, Kyo thinks, I could die. I could die. I want her so bad, as he chases after her. The hell, he says. You were just in the hospital. Stop running like a crazy person. And that's the end of <laughs> chapter 128. <laughs> I love when she runs away. It's so wonderful. <laughs> so good. <laughs> chapter 129 opens from Toru's perspective. She narrates that her feet just carried her away from Kyo on their own. This wasn't what I planned at all. I made a decision that when I saw him again, I was going to smile. Kyo catches up to her, grabbing a pole and swinging around in front of her, and he calls her name again. Ah! She screams and runs away again. <laughs> Onlookers, including the cat, are like, did you get dumped? But Kyo takes off again with determination afterward. <laughs> it's been a long time since we saw a cat commenting on Kyo's, <laughs> Kyo's life. Tor remembers telling Kyo, it's okay, before passing out after falling. And she thinks, I can't do it. It's all over. I know there's nothing left for me to do. She remembers Yuki visiting her in the hospital. She smiles and says she's doing well. Yuki starts to talk about Kyo, and when he looks over again, she's crying. Toru panics and apologizes and smacks her face. Yuki's like, hey, cut it out! You're in here because you hit your head! <laughs> Toru tries to change the subject by asking if things are okay at home, but the tears keep falling. My chest hurts, she thinks. The sound of his name is like a knife in my heart. She remembers him saying, I'm disillusioned. Later on the hospital roof patio, she thinks about Momiji, about Hana and Uo visiting her. I can't keep not letting go. I'll only trouble them. Everyone. And Kyokun. I can't do that no matter what. She grips the fence on the patio and cries and tells herself, Smile, smile. Don't forget, she thinks, when you see him one more time, you have to smile. In the present, she finally slumps down on a planter. I trained myself, or so I thought. What a wasted effort, she says. Really, I can't do anything right, she thinks. I wasn't lying when I said that it's okay. Even if I'm not by his side. I made a decision. I wasn't going to let it bother me. Kyo approaches and she sees him and frowns. Tears well in her eyes again. But I want to be by his side. Not being with him breaks my heart. I can't control it. Please wait, she says, rubbing her eyes. Soon, soon I'll... Stop crying, she thinks. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want him to hate me. I don't want him to be disillusioned anymore. Kyo gently pulls her hand away from her face. and She looks up at him. He kneels on the sidewalk in front of her. I was only thinking about myself and my own regrets. I completely ignored your feelings, he says. I should have known that this world doesn't always give you a chance to apologize. I can't let that happen again. He thinks of Kyoko. If I did, that would be like I never did learn. I'm sorry for making you cry, he says, and takes her hand. I hurt you a lot. I'm sorry. This is the last time. I don't need another. Will you give me just this one last chance? I want to be with you. If I'm going to keep living, then I want to be with you. I don't want anyone else because... Because I love you. Toru's eyes widen and a moment passes between them. Does... does that mean I can stay? I can stay with you? I can hold your hand and be with you? Kyo smiles and says, you're already holding it. Tears fall, Toru sobs. Tens of times, hundreds of times, I can hear those words over and over again, she thinks. And now this is really like being in a dream. With a tender expression, Kyo wipes away her tears and he kisses her. By the way, you know this is our second time, right? He says, and she's like, what? When? And Kyo thinks she really doesn't remember. Now it's like I attacked her in her sleep. <laughs> Try to remember, okay? If you really can't, that's pretty depressing, right? He says, and she's like, oh, right. He takes her arm and pulls her to her feet. Can I hold you? He asks. I know I'll lose my human form after. If we're together, the curse is still between us. Kyokun, she says, didn't you know? I really do love you. I really do. And that feeling is invincible. She smiles a bright, reassuring smile and chuckles. Oh, then I guess I'm invincible too. There's nothing more for me to be scared of, right? As long as I have you, he says with a bright smile as well. Toru tears up and he takes her hands and pulls her into a tight hug. Then, nothing happens. 
<laughs> the chapter closes on Akito looking out a window with the narration. Goodbye. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Nothing happened! <laughs> it was just a normal hug! <laughs> Who knew that could be so dramatic? <laughs> chapter 130 opens earlier, in the hospital. Akito says that she, she was jealous of Toru. You are more beautiful than me, she says. I'm not beautiful, Toru says. Please don't divide things into categories like beautiful or not. When you do that, you just separate yourself out. You say that I'm beautiful? You are too, Akito-san. You cried because you were lonely and scared. You were so painfully innocent and pure. I was trying to destroy the world that you wished for. It doesn't matter if it was right or wrong. It doesn't change the fact that I hurt you a lot, Akito-san, but even so. In the present, Kyo and Toru stand wide-eyed. They let go of each other and Kyo looks at his hands. At the main house, Akito looks up, then falls to her knees. It's okay now, right? She says. Father, it's okay. I don't have to be special anymore. I don't have to be God. I can just be me, right? I can start down my own path. I, I, I'm so hurt and scared. I know what I don't have. Akito cries. I know I don't have anything redeeming about me, but... And then we see the narration. Goodbye. Kyo steps away from Toru and turns away and he raises his hand to his head. Then looks down at the bracelet on his left arm. He grabs the beads and pulls it hard, snapping it, and the beads scatter everywhere. Kyo looks up to the sky, tears in his eyes, and Toru sobs, and Kyo's tears fall. We see the narration again overlaid over white flowers. Goodbye. At Ayame's shop, he lounges on a couch and looks out the window. Mine, he says, Mine. She comes from the kitchen. What would you like, more tea? She asks cheerfully. He stands and takes her arm from behind and holds her. Mine, I was born for a reason, he says. I wish to love you. I can finally tell you that. The narration again is repeated. Goodbye. At the hot spring, Rizu drops a vase. His mom, the Okami-san, asks if he's alright. He covers his mouth with his hand in shock and cries. And we see the narration again. It's lonely to say goodbye. Kisa, who's playing with Hiro and Hinata, suddenly drops the Mogeta toy that she was holding and cries. And Kagura, walking down the sidewalk, suddenly starts to cry. The narration continues. Partings are the beginning of new meetings. Beginnings happen because there are endings. Not now. I don't want to hear those simple cliches. We see Haru and Rin together. Rin cries and reaches out to touch Haru's cheek. Huh, he says. In a way, it is pretty depressing. And they hug. Elsewhere, Hattori suddenly cries and Shigure stops on the street, hand to his chest. Huh, so this is how it feels, he says. We see Akito, head buried in her hands. What I think is Akito's narration continues. Please, cry with me. Maybe there's nothing we can do about this, but at least for now, cry with me, like your entire body is screaming at the sky, like it's raging against the world. I lost something. I don't have a single guarantee. The fear of living in this world again after that. I only have a shred of hope to sustain me. So I want you to at least cry. Cry with me like the day you were first born into this world. We see imagery of hands opening as if releasing something and a texture kind of like energy flowing and white flowers. Kyo and Toru cry and hold each other again. Akito remembers visiting Toru in the hospital again. But despite all that, Akito-san, Toru says in the memory, I still hope that I can be your friend. Please? She extends her hand to Akito. You never give up, do you? Akito says. Nikito's narration continues. Meetings, beginnings, it's not too late to believe in them after the fact. She imagines the same figure touching her head, then departing upward. She remembers Toru smiling at the hospital, and her narration finishes. Smile. Elsewhere, Yuki waits for Machi. He feels a little weird, but maybe he's just nervous. Machi meets up with him and apologizes for keeping him waiting, and he apologizes for the short notice. It's okay, you said it was important, so... She says. Yeah, Yuki says. There's something I have to tell... You're the last, we see the narration. Yuki looks shocked, and Machi asks if he's okay, and he starts to cry suddenly. The narration continues. Thank you for keeping the very distant promise. 
a rat runs to the hands of the figure that we saw earlier, the god of the zodiac. The chapter closes on gods surrounded by all the animals of the zodiac, and the narration, thank you, and goodbye. Dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Oh, I wonder if I said which chapters we were doing this time. Oh, well, whatever. Mm. <laughs> they'll fine. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, they'll figure it out by now. <laughs> chapter one. Th- <laughs> Chapter 131 opens in the countryside on a hill. A long time ago, a tiny house stands at the top of the hill, and a person looks out of the window of the house. And we see the narration, Once upon a time, in a particular place, there lived a person. The person was alone for a long time. After leaving the mountain, this person learned that many people lived below, but the person was still alone. Even with a thousand powers, a thousand lives, a thousand memories, the person learned that such things were very different than what most people had, and thus developed a fear of other people, a fear of getting hurt. Despite having many powers, the person was afraid of being different from others. One day, a cat came to visit. The person was bewildered by the sudden visitor. The cat bowed his head and said, I've humbly watched you for a long time. You're a very mysterious person. I can't stop being attracted to you. I'm merely a stray cat, but please let me stay by your side. Please, Lord God. From that time on, the cat kept his promise and never left God's side, not even for a moment. That made God very happy. Suddenly, God had an idea. Maybe I can get along with others as long as the others aren't people. If they know the feelings that I do, maybe I can have a pleasant banquet with them. God wrote many, many invitations and sent them, and twelve animals came to see God. God was surrounded by thirteen in total. They all had a, held a banquet every time the moon sparkled. They sang and danced, and God, too, laughed out loud for the first time. The moon quietly watched over the inhuman banquet. But one night, the cat collapsed. Nothing could be done. His life had run out. They all cried. It made them realize that someday, everyone would die. The banquet would come to an end no matter how much they enjoyed them. Some day, they would, no matter how dazzling and precious they were. God recited a single chant and drew a circle on a sake cup. God made the cat drink and then spoke to everyone. Our bond? I'll make it eternal now. Even if we die and rot away, we'll be tied together by this eternal bond. However many times we die, however many times we're reborn, just as before, we'll have our countless banquets. We'll be friends until the end of time. We'll be permanent. Everyone nodded emphatically. The rat was first to drink, then the ox, and the tiger, and the rabbit. All in order, they shared the drink of their vow. When finally the boar drank, the cat started to cry. His breath was very faint. My lord, God, why did you make me drink this? My lord, I don't want eternity. I don't need permanence. Those words were unexpected, and to God and the others, they were words of rejection. It devastated them. They scolded and admonished the cat. And even so, the cat spoke. My lord God, my lord God, I know it's frightening, but let us accept that things end. I know it's sad, but let us accept that lives depart. I know that it was only for a short time, but I was happy with you. If we both die and are reborn again, and meet again, I don't want to only see you in the moonlight. I want to see you smiling under the light of the sun as well. Next time, I don't want to meet with only those of us here. I want to meet with you while you're smiling with a ring of people. With that, the cat twitched his tail for the last time and died. But no one cared about the cat anymore. They were filled with the sense that the cat had betrayed them. Sometime after that, one after the other, the others died. And finally, after the dragon died, God was left alone. And then even God died. But God wasn't afraid, because God was supported by the promise made with the others. Again, we'll hold our banquet again and again as many times as we want, for as long as we wish, without changing. I may be sad and alone now, but everything is waiting on the other side of our promise. We see the narration. Now that's a tale from a long time ago. Everyone has forgotten their first memories of that promise. In the present, Yuki cries and he apologizes. I just said goodbye to someone who was with me for a long time. We were together, but being together was really difficult. It was more like a burden than a blessing, but now we're apart. Damn it, it's not fair for me to be like this. Um, 
You won't ever see this person again, Machi asks. No, I'm sure of it, he says, but in exchange I was given freedom. Yuki hugs her tight. I'm sorry, you must be really confused. This isn't exactly what I wanted to tell you, but whatever. Right now, this is enough. Er, actually, Machi says, blushing intensely, there's something I wanted to ask you too. What? He says. Is it okay if I call you by your name? She asks. Of course it's okay. Say it, he says. Yuki, she says. He holds her chin and says, one more time. Yuki, she says. They kiss, and Yuki pulls back and smiles. There are tears in both their eyes. As many times as you want, he says. And we see the narration, that first promise, at what point did it become a curse? When did it change into a burden? Those days that were so happy, they were so hard to part with. There was supposed to be love there. Time passed, people changed, and it became nothing but pain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all of you who continue to shoulder that exhausted promise. The promise that lost its original form. The most important thing I want to tell you is thank you. Thank you. Kyo and Toru go to visit Shisho, and when he sees Kyo without the bracelet, he pulls him into a tight hug. Hataru and Rin, who are also there, come up behind them in the hallway. It looks like Haru tells a shocked Toru the good news about him and Rin as well. Toru turns to Kyo and grabs his sleeve, and Kyo, Shisho, and Toru go to the main house. They stand outside a large traditional door. A hand reaches out and grabs Toru's shirt. She flails and then gets pulled into the room, and Akito hugs her tight. A story of long ago, the first memories that everyone forgot. It wasn't until much, much later much later, that the cat was, wish was finally granted. The chapter closes on God's hand rubbing the cat's chin. And that's the end of 131. Uh. Yay! <laughs> it was good. <laughs> this is all the, the pain we suffered through was for this moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the payoff. All the payoff. <laughs> Only a year and a half of reading this story together. And now we're here. <laughs> Come so far. I think in the spoilers that recently I said I can't read these chapters without reading all of them at the same time, like all the way through. Like it just runs right into the next one and they're also like nice and touching. Mm-hmm. The narration is interesting. There's this like running narration through uh one thirty. Chapter one thirty. <laughs> which I said I think is Aikido's. But it could be a mix of like Aikido and like the god mm-hmm. spirit, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's the one that keeps saying, like, goodbye, goodbye, over and over again. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I it's supposed know. to come off as both of those. Mm-hmm. Like, we've talked about how we've had a lot of those yeah, it seems lately, like... where there's, like, a narration that's, like, yes. <laughs> probably belongs to one person, but is obviously deliberately meant to apply to multiple characters, so. Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably technically Akito's narration, but it's obviously meant to, <laughs> like, apply to God as well. Especially because it then transitions into the next chapter, which is, like, the shows the story, the actual, like, the true story of the original mm-hmm. Zodiac promise. Yeah. Um, and, like, why they ended up being this way, mm-hmm. having this curse. It's funny because, in a way, we talked so many times about uh, eating meals together and how that was a thing that I talked about over mm-hmm. and over again. But I find it really interesting in this that, like, the theme of having this, like, a meal representing your relationship came back like really hardcore in the mm-hmm. story. So they end up having this banquet and it says they had a banquet over and over again. But the thing that I noticed is like, um, like I said, I didn't describe the story what's happening in the story because like the tech, the narration kind of describes it. But one thing that I noticed is like at the end where it's like, Oh, then the dragon died and then God eventually died. You can see like the house at the end of the story is all like decrepit. It's like old and run down and like, even the like dishes and the plates and stuff are also like old and like decayed almost Mm -hmm. 
and I think it's interesting how that shows the transition of like the bond that they had as being good to something even even mm. at that time becoming more and more negative yeah. right like at the at the quote-unquote like time of the story the time mm-hmm. that the curse was or the bond was formed yeah like it had probably like the magic started yeah probably like even by that point it had probably already started to seem like a like a not so happy obligation at that point where it's like you know you're watching your friends yeah. die off one by one and still coming mm-hmm. together with the ones that are left to have a party mm. question mark <laughs> uh, question mark i was also like i wonder how long dragons live like i wonder how long yeah. that was i don't know <laughs> i can't longer than any of the animals but not as long as god <laughs> god yeah i mean yeah basically this sort of like un- i feel like the decaying of the house and stuff represents that unnaturalness mm-hmm. of the bond yeah. I mean, there's also, like, the use of, like, texture when the cat is talking and the cat's like, I didn't want to be a part of this, yo, and, like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that um, kind of stuff. But, yeah, I just thought it was interesting, I, something that I noticed I'd never noticed before when mm-hmm. reading this. Yeah, it is kind of like a, like, we talk about how, like, the series shows, like, the contrast between, like, positive and negative bonds as, like, a repeated thing. It's also kind of like, like, the, like, the good meals together and, like, that endless banquet kind of contrast, too, in the same way. Of course, sort of representing those concepts, because mm-hmm. like the the idea of the whole endless yeah, banquet has been around for a lot of the series, like basically since Akito started mm-hmm. getting a more prominent like appearances, because she's the one who's always talking about the endless mm-hmm. banquet and keeping uh, keeping others out. Yeah, I guess and that as a symbol of that, mm-hmm. I guess. I noticed another thing about the um, about the banquet, which is just a little small thing, but it's like the rooster and the dog that are dancing, which I thought was hilarious. Did mm-hmm. you notice that? <laughs> I didn't because it's right in the crease, so I never really like parsed what was going on until oh, yeah, I saw I know. your note. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, "Is it?" And then it was, and I thought that yeah, was funny. Yeah, that's funny. It's also just I don't I don't know if there's extra symbolism. It's just yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of funny just because of the, the whole comment about how awkward that would be in the present day, but also it's kind of a nice little yes, like, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of a nice little, like, nod to the whole, like, the traditional New Year's dance, like, being started back then. Yeah. Exactly. There was, uh, I mean, there was good, your white feather, white petal <laughs> imagery. Especially the, I, so another thing that I never really noticed when I was reading this before, because, like, I guess I just wasn't paying attention, is, like, the, um, like, the imagery of God sort of like releasing the zodiac like like the curse being mm-hmm. released that's peppered throughout the chapter before we like see the old mm-hmm. story so it's like the hands you see the hands in that scene like i always notice the like flowers and stuff but i, I don't know why i never really like processed that it's like the hands in like the outfit that god is wearing and like touching Akito's mm-hmm. head and almost like leaving at the end of the chapter i thought that yeah. was really interesting yeah i love the touching Akito's head because it's like like, God is releasing her yeah. as well, like, after she's released yes. everyone else. It does seem like that. Yeah, it's like, you get to be free, too. Like, this is just you giving mm-hmm. giving up everything. Yeah, and Akito looking up. Mm-hmm. Also, on that page, you have, like, Toru smiling, and then you have, like, the petals and stuff, so it's, like, forming a new bond with, like, being... It's, like, whatever, like, the cat wished for to be mm-hmm. surrounded by other people, so... I also like how, like... With the story, we see that, like, what started the banquets was, like, God being afraid of, like... Yeah. Being different from other people and, like, you know, not being able to connect with other people. 
And, like, it's the same thing that's, like, kept yeah. them on going all this time. Because, like, we know that, like, it's Akito's fear that has, like, yeah. you know, kept her clinging so desperately to all this. And you have to assume it was a similar thing for all the previous mm-hmm. incarnations. Yeah, I think so. I thought that was also really interesting because it's also something I never really noticed before. That's, like, in the story, the detail that, like, God was afraid of. Like, God realized that there was something that there were powers that normal people didn't have mm-hmm. and that, like, made God afraid and stuff like that. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, and then it becomes Akito's... All the things that she said recently are, like, I don't know how to be with other people. Like, I'm afraid. I'm mm-hmm. afraid of not having a guarantee. Like, it almost seems like... It seems like Akito was afraid of yeah, people not liking her in the story, but it seems like, it. yeah, it stems from something, like, deeper, like, not of being... Um, you know, hated for having something that other people don't have or something like that and mm-hmm. being found out, I guess. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I talked about it a lot when we did the True Form arc, but, like, it makes me... The, right. <laughs> everything that Cat Spirit has gone through makes me so sad. Like I know. <laughs> like, he was, the, like, the first one to, to come to God's side and was the, like, most loyal companion and wanted God to be, like, you know, happy with and meet other people and everything. And it's just, like, everyone saw it as a a betrayal and they became like a scapegoat yes it's even like the cat's like dying and they're like but they didn't care anymore yeah. like in the uh, narration i was like that's so harsh yeah. like <laughs> so mean mm-hmm. and yeah the cat the cat came to be god's companion and because because he thought that god was interesting and and you know worthy of spending time with and then everyone shunned the cat after you know mm-hmm. after being like no i don't want things to be permanent i think we just need to like accept that things are going to change like it's okay you yeah. need, don't need to be afraid of change and everybody was like fuck you <laughs> basically mm-hmm. yeah you know if i describe it in a nutshell <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it is sad it's yeah. sad what happened to the cat spirit mm-hmm. yeah. i agree yeah but it does make it a really really nice touch at the end where this chapter ends with like God and the cat being happily reunited. Giving Scritch's like, most important <laughs> bonding moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, the cat. Oh, getting a pet. <laughs> and yeah, they were reunited. I guess it's implied that, like, the cat's, you know, because the cat's, like, out of the... Well, it's, like, almost, I guess, like, God had left Akito last, right? So then with joined, rejoined all the other mm-hmm. spirits who had already been released, perhaps. Yeah, I just love the ending with the, like, until much, much later that the cat's wish was finally <laughs> granted with, you know, Akito making friends with Toru. Toru. Yeah. <laughs> in the light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, also, we talked, uh, we just talked in our anime episode about how, like, dark, the main house is always represented in, like, darkness, like, the the bond and the curse and the family and stuff is always represented that way. But I do think, like, I'm just double-checking mm-hmm. to see if I'm going to eat my words, but I'm pretty sure, like, that <clears throat> last scene is kind of... I mean, it's in the main house, but it looks so much brighter. And, like, Akito's, like, standing in the window um, mm-hmm. while releasing the Zodiac and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that Akito's wearing a, um... This isn't about the Zodiac story, but Akito's wearing, like, a floral, um, like, sash or, like, obi or whatever. As opposed to just mm-hmm. a plain one. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I never noticed that before, too. Like, she's maybe trying to, like dress a little bit more femininely like inside the main house i don't know mm-hmm. yeah it kind of seems like she's like sort of like tentatively <laughs> sort of like 
trying that out like because <laughs> like trying on that identity a little bit yeah mm-hmm. yeah because like it's, even some of her like a... her outfits like earlier in like these recent chapters are like like they're kind of like like they're not like really either way they're kind of neutral yeah they're like, not not particularly masculine but they're not they're not super feminine but they're not particularly masculine either mm-hmm. like especially i'm thinking of the one where she goes to the um like the hospital because she's wearing like a sweater and stuff mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's kind of like a unisex outfit but i think like the way that she wears it is a little like feminine mm-hmm. in some way i don't know it's just a subtle yeah something about yeah, it it's like compared to I like i don't even know how to describe it yeah it's like compared to one of the like only other times we see her like outside of a like kimono type of outfit is that Mm-hmm. that like restaurant meeting they went to and she's like in like a full yeah. suit basically <laughs> yeah also like when she went to the beach house which was also like just a black on black period i feel like akito's wearing like denim yes yeah. <laughs> something about that seems more like casual feminine than like a <laughs> like a suit yeah i don't know why <laughs> it's like it's not like i don't know it's also not like women can't wear suits it's just on, yeah, it's, it like was a her, so it's yeah. conscious choice. Yeah, it was definitely like a masculine suit to appear masculine. Like yes, yeah, mm-hmm. big shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's interesting how she's like trying. It seems like she's making a like uh, taking some steps to like appear more feminine mm-hmm. externally. Also, so yeah. I don't know. We don't really get a like insight onto into. Like, Akito, the way that Akito feels about how she was, like, raised to, like, perform in a certain way mm-hmm. inside of the family. But, like, we never really see that. It's just something that seems to come out yeah. slowly, like, in these, this chapter and what's coming yeah. in those spoilers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like but, it's kind of, like, at yeah. this point, like, like, I don't think she's really thinking about it at this point. Like, it's just probably kind of a, like, oh, I can do other things i'll try these other things that <laughs> i can do like yeah i feel like a deep dive into how she feels about her like gender identity and presentation is going to be a little ways down the line she, <laughs> yes she's got other, other things to uh so to like, first i have out. to uh stop <laughs> this person from being in prison for life mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess that's important yeah <laughs> i think it's interesting that like We've seen like the Zodiac say before, like like Carino especially said, like when the cur- when they're free from the curse, it's like they have their own identity. So I think that, that would apply to Kido mm-hmm. as well, since we saw like the like kind of god spirit figure actively leaving Akito. Yeah. So I wonder if that's the same kind of situation. Um, it's interesting that in the narration of the story, the god story, there's god is never given like a gender ever. Mm-hmm. It, like there's no gendered pronouns that are used. It's always like god did this and god did that. So it's kind of like seems to be this sort of I mean, I don't know. It's an entity that yeah. it doesn't seem to. Yeah, and like. Although I think that also just comes from the use of the pronoun in Japanese, but mm-hmm. like, it doesn't seem. It's not implied either way. Any kind of, whatever you know. Yeah, it's identity, like. Yeah, there's nothing like. Yeah, there's nothing like either super masculine or feminine about how the god appears in the story either. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it was more like a Ren thing to, like, have a keto be seen as a man mm-hmm. inside the family like it's not necessarily related to the mm-hmm. curse but i i guess what i i it seems like the junishi have yeah this almost like another part of their identity that's gone when the curse is gone so i feel like with akito it's like you have that and trying to like make ways to change things in the family and mm-hmm. stuff that's all like 
also interrelated yeah, with I her think, own yeah, personal identity. Yeah, it's just identity. also, like, I think it's also, like, tangled up because of how, like, fucked yeah, up exactly. everything has been for probably <laughs> centuries. Like, probably like the identity of millennia. Yeah, it's, like, being yeah. God and being head of the household and being, it's, like, there's just all this stuff that's, like, all tangled up now. Yeah. She says the the dialogue that I was of trying to talk about before but I didn't I didn't manage to come back to it was that she says like it's father is it okay to just be isn't it just okay to be myself like to just be me which mm-hmm. was like also something that I never noticed before and was like very touching and I thought it was interesting um but yeah that's why I kind of feel like what we're seeing is like some outward manifestation of her uh, examining her own identity mm-hmm. in a variety of different ways like what does it mean to be a like head of the family or just like a compassionate person or like you know like what is the person that she wants to be now that she's not Mm -hmm. the god of the zodiac anymore yeah right and like has the opportunity to make have a new beginning Mm -hmm. it's interesting yeah that specific dialogue of the like i could just be me is very like telling of that like akira's issues there like we talked a bit about how like, Akira didn't, like, do Akito any favors, even though he was much kinder than her mother. Um, <laughs> yes. Just in being, like, you know, telling her so much. It's like, oh, you're a special child. You're God. Everyone's gonna love you. Mm-hmm. Everyone's waiting for you. Yeah. To be this person. Yeah. And so she's like, I don't have to be that special person anymore, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I can just be a normal person. I can just be me. I don't know what me is yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> of all the we talk about all the Junji being like not knowing how to people or whatever quote unquote yeah. but I feel like out of everyone Akito knows the least of other yeah. people and like doesn't even know who she is herself like I think that that's very it's it's a manifestation of like you know everybody trying to control her like and mm-hmm. in in a way like the her the maids and like uh, Ren trying to control her but then Akira trying to be like no like you're meant to be loved you should be like confident or whatever but it really took a turn in a way that made her just be like uh mm-hmm. Like, this is the only thing yeah, that I was still have telling that makes her, people want yeah. to be with me. Yeah, and it was still, like, yeah. telling her what she's supposed to be. Like, Yeah, that's true. Even if You're it was, to be you know, done in a more positive light. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There was never, like, you know, we saw we talked about how, like, Akito's never had consequences for anything. And that Kareno was like, I need to, like, teach this person how to be, you know, yeah. like, have consequences for her actions and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. The part she's talking about, like. If it's common sense, why didn't anyone tell me? How am I supposed to know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I don't think anyone like so, yeah. like Akita. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> They're just like you're the head of the household. It's like the maids are like, mm-hmm. well, Akira is like you're God, and everyone's gonna love you. And then the maids are like, you're the head of the household, and you have you can't let your mother win. And then Ren is like, everything in your life is a sham, <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> None of that's a realistic outlook on life. Yeah, not at all. I just I had I had something to say about this scene with Akito and Toru. So I noticed mm-hmm. that it says in my dialogue that I wrote for this for myself, I said Akito says like um you were more beautiful than me or something like that. And in the Ye- Tokyo Pop the reason I wrote it that way is because in the Tokyo Pop version it says you were prettier than me and in the Yen Press version it says you were kinder than me. I think it has to do with like the word that's being used. So Akito describes Toru in Japanese is kire, which could mean like beautiful or clean, but it's like that's how it's normally like translated. Let me read you an excerpt. I googled this <laughs> because I thought it was interesting. I've always wondered about this because you learn pretty, at least I learned pretty early on in like my Japanese studies that 
kire can mean clean or beautiful. So I have found, I was just like Googling connotation of kire, and I found a really interesting book that's about Japanese design. It talks about different concepts like beauty, which I think is interesting. And it's by, um, uh, hold on, let me find this. This is important. I've tried to find out if this was a credible source, and I'm pretty sure that it is. So it's by a person named, I don't know, I think Boyer Lafayette de Mont. The most Japanese sounding name. Very Japanese name. Um, Yeah. (laughs) He was a writer for a long time. Like, he's written a bunch of books about Japanese culture. And, like, so he was the associate publisher for the Tokyo Journal. He was, yeah, he was an editorial publications for like Japan Times and like all these like very high profile publications so I'm pretty sure he does actually know like he's legit a legit source mm-hmm. but anyway this describes let me tell you let me read to you an excerpt about kire a different Japanese term kire means both clean and pretty or beautiful and is generally used to in reference to the physical beauty of a person the Japanese typically also use the word kire when describing things that appeal to their sense of what is right and good as well as their aesthetic sense and the connotation of kire comes from the Shinto concept that physical cleanness neatness and order are attributes of godliness and respecting and revering of oneself as well as various gods kire therefore also plays a key role in design okay that goes on to other stuff so cleanliness is next to godliness basically this is beauty on a, a higher or deeper level than what is normal for most other contexts so I just thought it was interesting because I thought the translation of like pretty just like doesn't really cut it because it's like not really what Akito's talking about. It's the same as like, so when they have their confrontation, Arcturus is like, I'm dirty. But I think like what they're talking about is this more like, I guess, I don't know. It's interesting that one translation says prettiness and one translation says kindness because I think like kindness is getting more at what they are actually talking about, which is like Akito saying that Toru is a better person. You're like a better person than me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to do with her like physical appearance, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. I think like the reason I have an issue, I take issue with pretty is that it seems that to me has a connotation of just like one's physical appearance as opposed to like beauty as being like something that's like an intangible marker of quality mm-hmm. and i think that that's kind of what akito is yeah. getting at because people do say like well like describe someone as like a beautiful person like encompassing like mm-hmm. their personality and everything exactly yeah as opposed to someone who's pretty or mm-hmm. something pretty that's like just attractive yeah. or good looking yeah anyway i just thought it was interesting it's another random japanese thing to discuss that i i think is personally interesting i'm not an expert but I thought it was an, it's interesting conceptual and I, it's probably really difficult mm-hmm. to translate because I don't think it's about, but that's my take on it. Anyway, that's enough about my <laughs> rant. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Did you learn something new about <laughs> cleanliness? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's also one of those things that just like, it has like a, a de- just like a more expansive meaning in Japanese culture, like that specific mm-hmm. word, which is why I looked it yeah. up. So it's Toru's beauty more inner i think than outer necessarily language be like that sometimes yeah it's really interesting (laughs) also this book seems really interesting if you're interested in that kind of thing because it has like it goes through all the concepts like you know like wa like wabi and sabi and like all of those like um it's just like a section about all these different like aesthetic and but like the thing about i guess like japanese culture and and art and design is like it's beyond aesthetic like that's why it's just that's why kide has such like a deeper meaning Mm. anyway i've very interesting recommend based on my short reading of it all right (laughs) anyway 
I'd like to okay. move on. Let's talk about... Can we talk about Akito and Shigure's scene mm-hmm. together? Let's stay on the topic of yeah. Akito. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I noticed... Listen, I've taken note of Shigure's very kind smile at the end of this scene. I'd like everyone mm-hmm. to know. <laughs> I was like, is this the only time we've seen him with like a genuine like kind smile? Except for maybe when he was like a kid. Yeah. Like, the scene with them as kids. Like, I was trying to think if there's another time where it was, like, an actual, like, not, like, kind of annoyed or rueful or, like, oh, I'm such a stinker kind of smile. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> he seemed genuinely happy with what Akito's yeah. doing. Which was Yeah, nice. the whole scene, they are, like, it's a pretty genuine scene between the two of them. Like, in mm-hmm. general. Like, Shigeru's kind of being an asshole considering that Akito is so insecure, mm-hmm. but... yeah. He's like, I'm not. I'm just yeah. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of in the way though that like, like they've been like trading like much harsher barbs for years, so it seems more like what passes is like gentle teasing for the two of them because like (laughs) yeah, instead of actually insulting each other, it's like I mean like shouting. Like if I'll be free from your bad behavior, then I will be relieved. Like that's a pretty like you know mild teasing kind of thing compared to what we've seen between them before. So feels like a Shakespearean, you know, taunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it does. It's very mild. It's not just like, you know, you need to like, like, Hido is always like, you're never nice to me and whatever. And Shigure is like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, just like, fine, if you're going to be this way, then fine. Like, just yeah. leaves. Like, it's kind of, that's what their dynamic was like before. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And like, Akito's being like, you know, honest on her end too with her. Mm-hmm. That's thing true. Where she's just like. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And it's like, and, you know, she's definitely, you know, still insecure where she's like, you're going to be relieved like everyone else. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, is it, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, again, they kind of see, you know, they seem like people who like are fond of each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, as opposed to just not. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to really, really bitter exes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On again, off again yeah. exes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting how... Akito thinks that Shigeru's love is just like everyone else's. Mm -hmm. Like, the way that she asks that and has that, like, expectation that he's just going to leave or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it just shows, like, how deeply ingrained, like, the things that that she's afraid of are, like, that her her father said and stuff. But I guess it's it's noteworthy that, you know, she doesn't necessarily think of Shigeru's feelings as being different Mm -hmm. than the others. But yeah, it's like, yeah, it's obviously something she's kind of insecure about. Mm-hmm. Which definitely makes sense, because, like, she's talked about how, like, she's afraid of, you know, the bond breaking because she doesn't have any guarantee that anyone will love her, so, like, it mm-hmm. makes sense that, like, she would assume that Shigeru's, you know, one of those <laughs> as well. Yeah. Of those yeah. people, yes. Of everyone, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> he is an everyone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was noteworthy. I don't think it's, like, a necessarily a specific comment, I think it's just, again, demonstrating Akito's fear, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. I also like the the little touch like earlier when uh, the kids are talking at school and like mm-hmm. Yuki's wondering if like Akito's like struggling through all this by herself and Haru's like <laughs> where's Shigure these days where's and it's like oh he's out a lot <laughs> and then he's like oh yeah and then, and then it's like when he's like ah and Kyo's like ah and then Haru's like ah yeah. <laughs> it's like oh Yuki gets yeah. it I like how he like put it together which is really mm-hmm. funny <laughs> I believe. I think that that's what's happening, at least in that scene. And then he goes and te- uses it to tease yeah. Kyo, which is great. 
Yuki's good at picking up on these things, I'm sure yeah. he knows. But it's kind of a nice touch to show that, like, he is, like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to support her in his trying time <laughs> in his own way. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's also interesting that Haru comments in that conversation, like, everyone at the main house is taking notice of how different Akita's mm-hmm. being these days, and that he says that she's trying to, like, push for stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of cool. It's nice that they're commenting on it. Like, Akito's really making a stir, mm-hmm. so we get to see that. Yeah. She's trying and continuing to try. Is this Shigure's redemption moment? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're done talking about Akito? Good. <laughs> Sounds great. Let's talk about Kyo and Toru and how great this is. <laughs> Can we talk about how great it is? <laughs> sure. I mean, <laughs> it's great! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's my notes that I made about Kyo and Toru and that it was cute, which is Kyo's, I love Kyo's earnest expression when he says that he, I love their expressions in this whole these all the scenes where they're together but especially Kyo's like kind of earnest expression when he's saying that he wants to be with her and then my other favorite one which I know I talked about in spoilers is when he pulls off the bracelet and Toru's just like sobbing mm-hmm. that's great it occurred to me while I was reading this this time not even last time when we talked about it in spoilers that Kyo Toru doesn't know about the cat's room yet like she doesn't mm-hmm. know that it's destroyed yet so probably this is like all the more exciting and touching for her I yeah think. he just shows up and he's like i love you also by the way the cat's room's destroyed yeah. so <laughs> you say maybe someone told her but if uh she started sobbing every time someone mentioned kyo's name in the hospital probably not <laughs> <laughs> kyo's like or yuki's like oh by the way i heard about the cat's room and then she just like runs out yeah. <laughs> he's like wait it's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> come back <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to smile. And it's like, nope. <laughs> I know the, the ripping of the bracelet is symbolic, but every time I think it, I'm like, I would have just like taken it off to try yeah. it first. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, oh shit. He's got to like put it yeah. back together. <laughs> then symbolically destroyed it, you know, just to make sure. Then there's like, yeah. Then there's like one... Well, you're not Kyo, yeah. so <laughs> I know you voice acted him once <laughs> in a play for this podcast. But like, I'm not Kyo, but not I play him in a podcast play. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I was a prince, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then it's like, yeah, what if one rolls away? I mean, they're out on the street. Yeah. Like, could get crushed by a car. Those are the bones of a priest or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. Get taken away by a crow to make a nest <laughs> like, Ooh, shiny but yeah he rips off the bracelet it's mm. great yeah imagery wise it can't be beat <laughs> it's really yeah. great aesthetically <laughs> yes exactly yeah practicality wise you know whatever <laughs> yeah. i just really love that the end of that chapter where they're hugging and then realize that nothing's happened <laughs> yeah i was just like and then what do i write now and yeah. <laughs> nothing nothing happens mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's a little, it's just, like, that panel, and it's, like, you just see, like, maybe it's the shitty Tokyo Pop printing, but you just kind of see Toru's eyes, like, you just see their eyes are mm-hmm. wide, and then it's, like, yeah, it's like, just the thing of Akito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, they're hugging, their eyes are closed, they're happy, and then it's, like, there's, like, kind of, there's enough space that it kind of implies a little time passing, and then it shows mm-hmm. them, like, both kind of open their eyes in shock. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's mm-hmm. great. I'm gonna look at it again. Here it is. Yeah, it's like they're both so like happy and relieved, and then you see their eyes. Actually, it's you can see both their faces, mm-hmm. so it's a lot clearer than I thought. I think it's the beginning of the next chapter where it opens, or like that, the next 
part where it's like not as clear but um yeah when that, it, that's the one i was thinking yeah. of <laughs> when it comes back when it comes back from in the next chapter but yeah you see their eyes and they're both like super wide yeah so good you were like i wonder how much it would suck to wait for this to be released yeah. like, chapter by chapter <laughs> it's like then what happens then what i could just scream at the like Hanato to you may yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> print it's like letter to the letter letter to the editor uh... <laughs> <laughs> now what <laughs> can you imagine if like natsuki takaya had twitter back yeah. then i'm just flooded with comments What's gonna happen? I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> Must be so hard to be connected to your fans immediately on the regular now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was great. That's all I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> I have a similar note about Yukin Machi, which is just a uh, shiny-eyed emoji <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> we talked a long time ago, I think, in spoilers about how Yuki has this. He intends to go and tell Machi about the about the curse. <laughs> And then it becomes a different kind of, yeah. like, confession. <laughs> Kamachi's kind of like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm trying to be supportive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's trying so hard. She's like, so, you won't see this person again? Yeah. Like, so, she's like, uh, I have something that I want to ask you anyway. Yeah. It's like, moving on. <laughs> yeah. They're very chill. Machu and Yuki, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's cute. Also, like, Yuki's, like, how he's basically, like, like seeing Kyo be like, I have things I have to do. Yuki's like, I should do some stuff too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love, it's not related to them, their character growth or anything, but the scene where Yuki's like, hey, hey. Yeah. And then Kyo's like, pa! Yeah. And like drops his toast or whatever. It's wonderful. Yeah. I love their like new aggressive friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Kyo also comments yeah. on it too. He's like, man, you're really not pulling your punches or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like that conversation like with Kyo and Haru and Yuki, like it's, a conversation between some guys hanging out like it's not really like yeah. there's nothing like aggressive about it even when he's just like you only told me now like yeah kyo screams a lot in the last couple of chapters but it's all like it's like someone just tell me what's yeah. going on like it's it's not like <laughs> it's not like angry he's never angry mm-hmm. like he's kind of like friend angry where he's like what the yeah. hell nobody everybody's being mean <laughs> you know yeah. I love how he runs straight. He like he's still panting when he talks yeah. to Uo and Hana, and he's like, "Can I go see her?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I made the joke like after their little like uh, come to Jesus fight with each other yeah. um, about how like Yuki being like, I mean, like you're my friend now, and I'm way meaner to my friends. Just ask Kakiru. It's like <laughs> it really is pretty similar to yeah, the way he talks true. to Kakiru. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, yeah. If Kakiru lived with him, they'd definitely be sassy on the right. Yeah, like it would be just like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but good. yeah, I love the hey. I said hey. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> He's so caught up in his nervousness. Yeah. <laughs> and tells I him like to his... just be his normal stupid self. <laughs> yes. Great encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> the Kyo's inner monologue when he's walking to the hospital is also interesting. It's to me, I always interpret it as being really funny where he's like, What I like about her, what I like about those things, and how much do I like them? Like, I think that it's hilarious, but I don't think it's meant to be like that because. It's in the dark dialogue box. Mm-hmm. So I think it's meant to be more serious. Mm-hmm. Like, he's actually worrying a lot about seeing her. Yeah. I think Toru's is similar. Hold on, I have to double check. But I thought that was also interesting. Because I think that it's funny how nervous he is about seeing yeah. her. But, um, 
I think Taurus is like that too because she's like, oh, just stop crying. Like, I don't want them to be mad at me. Mm-hmm. Like, they have all these sort of like mixed, um, what seems to be like mixed positive and extremely negative sort of emotions that are tied to these thoughts. That if, if we're to use our understanding of Takaya's visual language mm-hmm. that we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah, I, feel I think like, it's like a realistic romantic mm-hmm. tension. Yeah, I feel like Kyo's like inner monologue is like is like another representation of his like insecurities about like deserving love at all. He's like, maybe I don't yeah. love her, maybe I'm fooling myself and stuff yeah. and then like Maybe I am disillusioned. Yeah. And then he sees her, he's like, Oh fuck. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's like, uh yeah. <laughs> that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> the scene where he sees her is also amazing mm-hmm. where it's just like so like bubbly and she's in this like new dress and they make eye contact you can tell that it's like a prolonged like moment because there's multiple panels of them look at each other looking at each other it's so mm-hmm. good prime shoujo <laughs> shoujo bubble territory <laughs> <laughs> even though they're like shoujo hexagons or something <laughs> it's a lens flare yeah <laughs> it's a what uh, they them? it's a jj abrams movie <laughs> <laughs> It was J.J. Abrams where we wouldn't have that bass noise like sound effect in the... <laughs> Toru comes out of the hospital and makes eye contact with him and it's like... <laughs> There's a scene of them running and it's like... <laughs> I didn't... I just briefly talked about it. I mean, like, kind of went through it in the, in the narration, but I love how you see all these scenes of all the other Junishi like, experiencing the curse breaking. Like, we see, like... Ayame and Mine, and I love how Ayame is like, I was born to love you. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I take that as a confirmation that Mine did know about the curse, by the way. Because, <laughs> like, she's <laughs> I like, was wondering about that. Yeah. Because, like, she, like, you can see her eyes widen, like, as, like, yeah. the time passes, like, before he even says anything. Like, he obviously, he obviously realizes that it's significant that he's able to, like, hold her without her. <laughs> incident. <laughs> with, without, without turning into a snake. Yes. <laughs> I like how he's just casually looking at the couch and he's like, Mine, get in here. Yeah. He's just like, I can feel this immediately. <laughs> yes. It was like here with the bracelet. Like, he looks, he mm-hmm. like kind of stops for a second and then immediately looks at the bracelet and pulls it off. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny. I know, I think the implication is supposed to be that, like, what Yuki feels at first is the, the lack of anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I like to think that, like, everyone else is like, I immediately know I'm broken from the curse. And he's just like, I feel funny. I feel weird. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's so funny. It was funny when I read it. I was like, <laughs> He's like, I feel weird somehow. Maybe I'm just nervous. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> it's like Rin, when we were joking about Rin waking up being like, did I fall asleep? We were like, no, you passed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki. Yeah. And then there's like an extended scene with the rat returning to mm-hmm. like God's hands, which is kind of interesting because we also get the cat story, how the cat was so significant kind of after that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that chapter is still has the idea that like the rat is the most the closest one to god or whatever mm-hmm. but i guess the rat was the first to drink yeah so. it's like the i think yeah the rat was first the first volunteer. one to like to dedicate himself to that promise whereas the cat was yeah. like i don't want this the cat was like <laughs> i don't give my consent yeah <laughs> so for some reason it wasn't until like we read it this time that i parsed that what, like, why hero and akito were talking to each other was like hero telling about his <laughs> curse breaking i was just like why are they talking <laughs> Yeah, it does seem like unnecessary. Yeah. But I think what it's used to be to show how Akito's changing. Mm-hmm. Akito's not mad. Akito doesn't beg him to stay like the yeah. others. Yeah, it's just like the the conversation like cuz yeah, it doesn't it say anything weird. about the curse breaking. I didn't like make the connection since it had been so long since we like saw Hero's yeah. curse break. 
Yeah. I didn't really, like, make the connection until, like, like this time when I read it. But, uh... Yeah. I think I thought it was, like, the beginning of him, like, calling in people where... Because it transitions into, like, Yukiko and, like, Akito wants to talk oh, yeah, to everyone. Sweet, but, everybody. Yeah. yeah. But, like, now I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, didn't remember it because it's clearly not as... There's so many things that come later in these chapters that are, like, those are the things that I remember when I think about this part of the story. Like, not that one scene. Yeah. But it was interesting. Yeah, I do think it's it's a nice touch to have, like, that scene. And mm-hmm. then, like, the next thing we see is Akita going, like, I'm going to end it. And, like, mm-hmm. thinking about the already broken curses where, yeah. like, there obviously was, like, a transition in that to, like, you know, she was so desperate to the first two. And to have her, like, yeah. calmly talking to Hiro and then... And also complimenting him yeah. on his attitude. And then being it's like, like beyond begging him to stay. Mm-hmm. Just being like, I liked that about you. And like, yeah. that's the end of the scene. It also helps support Haru's kind of like when he says, Oh, Akito, everybody's taking notice of Akito being different. Now. Mm-hmm. So just gives a little extra yeah. insight, I guess. Like, oh, Kagura's also there too. She's like, What are you doing here? Yeah, it's cute. Like, he's just, just waiting out there. Yeah. <laughs> she's here for like moral support. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if I was going to go see Akito, I would need backup. Yeah. M- more than one person, for sure. <laughs> I also like Shigeru. But speaking of the curse breaking, Shigeru's like, ah, oh, so this is how it feels, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, you know, he talked about how, like, being cursed was never, like, that big a deal for him. Yeah. He He's looks like, upset. Yeah, so. he's just kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ow. <laughs> yeah. Plus, he knew it was coming. <laughs> That's true. He did have advanced warning of, yeah. like, everybody else. <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting that, like, it seems like what's implied is that Akito, like, the person who's possessed by God has the ability to just let things go, like, to let it go, Mm -hmm. as if she was kind of in control, whereas the other... Well, I mean, I guess it kind of seems like the animal spirits were also able to do that because Kurino's curse broke. Like, it's not really stated outright, like, the way that I think it is shown with kind of the God, like, departing from Akito Mm -hmm. and, like, releasing her as well. But, like, it seems like they te- kind of, like, have the ability to, you know, like, relinquish the bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do it think... It seems like Akito's kind of aware of that somehow, which is interesting to me. Yeah. Whereas I it do seems think, like the others weren't. Yeah. I do think it's, like, kind of deliberately kept vague, like, how it works. Yeah, Like, course. we talked about how, like, there's never really a a solid <laughs> answer. What is the curse? We'll never know. Yeah, there's never really a solid answer on, like, why the curse was started breaking. We hear a couple people, like, give their theories about yeah. it, like... Like, oh, it's just old, it's wearing down, and, like, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I do think it's pretty clear that, like, the person who is God obviously has the control to, the ability to, uh, like, let it go. Which makes sense, since God's the one, yeah. like, the promise is made, God too. Started. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, and also, like, God, yeah, God did the ceremony to, like, kind of create that, like, mm-hmm. the bond, that magical bond, I guess, in the first place. So... Yeah. It would make sense that God has the ability to release them, but I just, that's also something I never really thought about until mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. It's also kind of interesting how, like, yeah, we spent, like, the back half of the series with, like, Toru being like, I want to break the curse. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, she doesn't, she's not the one to directly release everyone from the curse, but mm-hmm. she is kind of the one who broke the curse because she oh, got true. through to Akito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was the only one. Well, it's like they all said, like Shigure alluded to at the beach and stuff. It's like, 
and what Cosimo alluded to, like, like people kept telling like Toru, it's like, oh, you just need to be yourself. Like that's the best mm-hmm. thing you can do, and like that did turn out to be like what broke the curse. It's true. Toru being herself. <laughs> and they also said like, well, the time you spend with them will help them form a new bond, which also worked in Akito's case where mm-hmm. she was able to connect with Akito, yeah, in her like her own personal way, like you said, and yeah. was able to incur- let like show Akito that there are people in the world who will accept her that aren't just you know, tied to her through a magical curse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that she doesn't need to be afraid of, you know, people in the world. Mm-hmm. Toru reassured Akito that change is, is scary, but it's not like there are still people who care about you, I guess. Yeah. Even if things change. Mm-hmm. That's how we get kind of like Toru's apology, too, of being like, I know that you wanted to... It's like this... It's an interesting acknowledgement. Like the, so the conversation between Akito and Toru is interesting because... So... Akito's like you were you were more beautiful than me and Toru's like don't just like separate things into right and wrong or beautiful or not like it's almost like it's kind of a meta discussion about how regardless of intentions there isn't necessarily like a right or wrong in a situation like there are all these kind of like shades of gray of Mm -hmm. what's good and bad and like what's the better outcome or not like yeah and also that like like even if there is a clear right and wrong it's like you know, like, people getting hurt is still, like, you know, a valid thing. Like, yeah. I, was, I like the, like, specific thing where she says, like, it doesn't matter if it was right or wrong, I still hurt you a lot. Because mm-hmm. like, I think, I, like, no one would argue that <laughs> Toru's goal was the right goal. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, like, it did cause Akito a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I enjoyed that scene more than I remembered enjoying mm-hmm. it this time when we read it. I don't think I have any other things that I want to talk about that aren't spoilery. Although, I don't really have spoilers either, but <laughs> but we can chat about what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. We've only got like a handful of chapters left, so there's not that many. There's it's not even really spoilers at this five. point, so much as here's what's next. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's do that. So next time we're going to talk about 132 and 133. Woo. Woo. So thank you for listening. Next time we'll talk about those and we will see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello. Hi. I thought I edited the spoiler (laughs) section, but I didn't. (laughs) Oh, the spoiler is that Shigure gave Akito the... uh, kimono mm-hmm. is a kimono that she wears later yeah i put akito's gender reveal and i just realized that sounds like a baby like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> she's like i brought you all a cake and if you cut into it you'll see it's pink <laughs> someone shoot this balloon the confetti will tell you something about me and it's all pink <laughs> that's really funny anyway <laughs> So yeah, there's that. So that that is technically a spoiler. It's a very minor thing. That's mm-hmm. something that comes up. But and also like the kind of slow ad of like more feminine attire, I think, in Akito's look also leading up to this point, which is why yeah. I brought it up and we discussed it this time. Also So the note that says it yeah, it's that's what the well, I guess the meeting is also about the curse breaking and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and then it says Toru back at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess also like little spoiler is that uh Toru collects all the beads and right. Oh yeah, I meant to say that. Yeah, yeah. Kyo says that narrates that she picked up the beads. She was the one who picked them up. Mm-hmm. And they like keep them like next to her, like 
photo of her mom. Yeah, her parents' pictures. Yeah, so cute. There's, uh, and then after that, after the stuff we're gonna talk about next time, there's just, like, their date. And there's also, like, the final chapter is, like, what happened to Kyoko while she was dying. So we mm-hmm. get, it's still, there was, Kyo said that, Kyoko said that <laughs> she wouldn't forgive him. And, like, the final spoiler is that mm-hmm. she said, if you don't keep your promise, I, w- I won't forgive you. Not just, yeah. I won't forgive you. So that's still to come, too. Yep. The last spoiler. And then that's it. Then what will we do? <laughs> Panic. <laughs> Everyone freak out. <laughs> oh, the anime's still going. We'll watch the anime. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to talk about something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's it. It's everything that I want to talk about. <laughs> is there anything exciting that's coming from the... Um... There's no more maid. That was her last scene, right? The old maid. No, no, I think she's she's got one more. One more? Mm-hmm. Oh, she just won't quit. Yeah, because in this one it was just kind of like Akito being like, fine, but I'm leaving. But And yeah. then she has the thing where Akito like, offers her the hand mm-hmm. that Toru offered Akito. So. Cool. The maid rejects it. What but an yeah, asshole. she's got one more scene. <laughs> <laughs> her last hurrah. <laughs> Such a prominent character. Mm-hmm. Somehow. In the end. Yeah. Her last scene actually shows her fairly sympathetically. That's good. Compared I mean, she's just as fucked up as everybody else, yeah. so, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, that's basically what she says. She's like, I'm old and I've lived in this house doing this for all my life, and I can't change now. So. Yeah, same as Akito, but yeah, Akito is like, I'm going to change. The maid is like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Maid's like, I'm... I don't know, I was going to pick a ridiculous age, but everyone's like, I'm 103, <laughs> I can't change now. <laughs> I'm 127. <laughs> I'm the god of the zodiac. <laughs> and I had to walk uphill both ways to have those banquets. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. In my day, the animals didn't question God. <laughs> In my day, I told everyone what to do. Oh, wait, that's still happening. <laughs> I mean, she outlived Akira and... She's living with Akito, so, like, he must have been really young, or she's really, really old. Mm-hmm. I guess she'd only have to be. But she looks older, like, she looks old in yeah, the she's... thing with Akira, that's why. Yeah, she still looks, like, like, she looked younger in the but flashback, still... but still older. Like... Not young. <laughs> yeah, like, still... she's still obviously a, and she's still obviously, like, a prominent figure in the household by that point. That's true, yeah. Like her status is indicative maid. of her age. Yeah. <laughs> some upstart maid who let a poor girl out of a room yeah. when she was dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so Called the doctor after God stabbed somebody. Yeah, exactly. The heroine maid. Yes, the good maid. The good maid. <laughs> the good maid is the sequel to uh, The Maid Return, or whatever. The Maid Returns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> continuity jokes. <laughs> Okay, good. Alright, I don't have anything else to talk about, so. I guess that's it. Until next time. Yay. Yay! (laughs) Good. Everybody send your questions. That was fun. I think (laughs) we can do it again. On that note, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time for 132 and 133. Bye-bye. Bye. raspberries in Bowie's tummy. <laughs> <laughs> you gots to. <laughs> He's got a fluffy tum. Yeah. I feel-
feel like if you blow a raspberry snickers tummy, you would just lose an eye. It's pretty easy to do that with Bowie too. You have to sneak up on him because <laughs> <laughs> the beak is the beak is kind of eye level if you if you that's true his tummy. So <laughs> you could pluck him out. Yeah, yeah you, you got to you got to you got to time it right. 